Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce uh, video and podcast series that we have continuing over the last several weeks as we're dealing with all issues related to COVID-19 and its impact on guys, either before, during, and after divorce. We bring to you uh, the expert attorneys of Cordell and Cordell around the country to bring you the latest on the ground in terms of what's happening in these localities, uh, what's some um, things that guys can do with the issues they face. As you know, we have a, a pandemic of like we've never seen before that impacts really every single aspect of family law, which is highly unusual. And that's why we're breaking this down in this podcast into uh, small pieces so that you can go and listen to the things that are affecting you most get a quick uh, bit of information and education, which brings me to my disclaimer every time. This is not to be uh, taken as legal advice, as you know. If you've listened to my podcast before, I'll say ad nauseum about I'm licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. My guest is licensed in Pennsylvania. Guys around the country and around the world are listening. We can't be counseling you, give you advice, legal advice on your specific case because each of your facts would produce perhaps a different um, result or a different piece of advice. It's very unique. Uh, we encourage you to reach out to your attorney or an attorney who practices in family law. Obviously, we're available both telephonically and through virtual consults. You can get a hold of us at 866-DADS-LAW or at CordellCordell.com to schedule that consult to you know take what you hear today and to further that conversation because that's really uh, the goal here is to spur a conversation between you and your attorney uh, to put you in the best position possible to achieve your goals. So let's get started today. Uh, we are going to talk today about really uh, visitation, custody, and more particularly the upcoming summer custody schedules that guys may or may not have and what they're planning to do. And I'm joined by uh, the Cordell and Cordell litigation partner, Rick Julius in Pennsylvania. Rick, welcome. Thanks, Scott. Rick, you know, uh, as we know, uh, I was just talking at our webinar, our live national webinar, about the headlines uh, that make it in terms of this ER doc uh, that lost custody temporarily, primary test or custody temporarily because of, of this, the, the job that she has. Uh, you know, it's a very interesting case, but the only reason I bring it up is what you don't see. You know, I've scoured the internet. You see no articles, nothing that guys are losing custody or visitation with their children or being denied it uh, as a result of the pandemic. All you've seen is mom, you know, albeit first responder, totally get it, different set of facts that we probably don't know. But the point is, is that there are millions of guys out there right now who have been denied custody. I can tell you, I answered questions in my live chat during the webinar. What do I do? I'm not seeing my child. How do I get it back? You know, guys listening right now, they're sitting, you know, in that same chair and they're walking that mile. So right now in Pennsylvania, maybe we start this way. What is the court system status right now? Uh, are they open and available for temporary hearings, emergency hearings, filings? What's going on on the ground in Pennsylvania? So we're starting to uh, transitionally reopen the courts. It's going by a county by county basis. Uh, Pennsylvania is, is one of those states that's kind of a microcosm of the country in that uh, at the executive level, they want one thing done, but they're not going to infringe upon the individual county court's rights to handle things the way that they want to. So what we've seen kind of level out in the last couple of weeks is where we get the orders from the governor's office to say what is and isn't essential business 
and what should and shouldn't be open or, or essential travel. And then the Supreme Court kind of translates that over to what its impact on the courts is, usually within a couple of days of these new uh, orders from the governor. And then each of the counties, uh, at least in all the orders that I've seen so far, each of the counties are given a, uh, a caveat paragraph in these uh, emergency orders from the Supreme Court to say this isn't going to infringe upon the individual president judges and the individual counties' ability to do things the way they deem appropriate so long as it falls within certain guidelines. Yeah. So we're starting to see where two weeks ago it was an emergency-only basis uh, that the courts were open. Now we're starting to see, okay, uh, more routine items uh, open for business. New filings can be filed, but they may have a stronger or, or lengthier lag time uh, to get through all of the preliminary items that need to uh, be done under our rules of civil procedure. Uh, you know, routine motions uh, can now go to the judges. In most counties, they're hearing them on a regular schedule, even if they're just ruling specifically on the paper motions and not scheduling oral arguments. Yeah. And we're actually seeing more openness from some courts to the point where if you have uh, two attorneys on a case, reasonable issues, reasonable disagreements, that you can actually get access to the courts even more quickly than you could have three months ago. Hmm. You know, being able to schedule uh, conferences, status conferences, conciliations with judges within a couple of days at this yeah. point. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about uh, taking action now. One of the five stupidest mistakes we covered in our webinar yesterday dealing with COVID is inactivity and action doing nothing. So let's Put aside the court perspective and the court action and the access and things that we'll recommend. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you know, there's a guy out there right now listening, hasn't seen his child. You know, mom says, "Well, you know, I don't want you to hug, be near, social distance." You know, all these really radical, inapplicable social distancing rules when it comes to family. Um, what does he do primarily right now? I mean, I assume it's got to be communicate first in writing start laying the groundwork in advance of considering some sort of legal action, right? Absolutely. The first question that we're getting and going into to court on anything like that is, what have you done to try to resolve this problem before taking up the, the court's precious time at this point? So the, the biggest thing that I, that I would tell someone in that situation is, one, try to be as diplomatic and objective as, as possible and take what you can get and, and ask for more later. You know, the last thing you want to you wanna be is the person going into court saying, well, she offered me you know, to have the kids this weekend, and I told her if I can't have 50-50 equal shared custody time, then I don't want them. Yeah. It, it, there's no way the court's going to look positively on that. Even if, it's, if you're worried about establishing a, a you know, de facto status quo in agreeing to something, the, the court's not going to hold you to that as of right now. You know, this is just trying to, you know, put band-aids on bullet wounds uh, for what is going on in the court right now, and, and you should be maximizing what is being offered to you. There's nothing to say that you can't uh, accept what time is offered to you and then engage your attorney, go into court on a reasonable petition, and then pursue yeah. more custody time at that point. You know, we yeah. have a situation now where 
equal shared custody is, is such an inherently reasonable position, especially in uh, new cases, because you're not asking for any more than you're willing to give the other side. And judges are seeing that right now as, you know, we're not saying this is a 50-50 custody case forever, but if two parties are working from home, they're, they're equally accessible, there's no history of, of drugs, alcohol, domestic violence, that sort of thing, why are they not sharing custody? And is one party using the pandemic, using the fear, you know, to kind of steal more custody yeah. time back? Yeah, and I think guys need to get past the notion of winning this argument with their spouse uh, over a, a visitation because they're better off preparing, as you suggest, laying the groundwork uh, to win in the end. And that is, you know, being open to a modified, getting what you can, taking what you have, being, I always talk to guys about being, you know, the victim uh, and do it and, and say, fine, but I, I still think and believe that I'm entitled to all this. I've got and lay out your case, and that is in writing. Here are the steps I've taken to ensure that my house is you know, clean, and I'm doing this, and we don't invite people in, and we don't go out, and we wear masks, and you know, you're refusing to allow me to have the court-ordered time is you know, unacceptable. And I think if guys lay that out, you can have the conversation, encourage it, but you know, reaffirm it in writing, reestate your position, but you know, don't sacrifice everything for the sake of trying to win because you just won't. Uh, it, ultimately, the majority of these guys are going to have to go back to court, which is fine. And we were just talking off air about, you know, God help the person that, that takes these types of positions because judges will remember. And they're going to, I got to imagine that they're going to press hard on these, you know, moms or whomever plays games during a pandemic without reasonable substantiated um, evidence and facts to support their decision, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, just to throw out a, a hypothetical, uh, you know, in, in seeing what I've seen over the last you know, month plus here in, in Pennsylvania, you know, it, when a judge is asking, you know, a, an attorney or a client to say, you know, what is your compromised position? And you, the response to the judge is, there is no compromise. I want 100% of what I want. I am seeing that really being looked upon negatively and, and some majorly negative inferences being drawn against that party that's not willing to concede even one iota, even in cases where there is very little room for middle ground you know, in the early stages, whether there is you know, some issue with you know, drugs and alcohol, domestic violence, uh, that sort of stuff. If there's no concession whatsoever, uh, you know, most jurisdictions nationwide include that as some factor for their analysis in a final custody determination. And I think it's, it's a microscope that everyone is under right now as to how they're being reasonable and are they being objective toward the other side's positions and willing to compromise on areas where it's you know, objectively not as important. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now.
So as we come up, uh, a lot of, I know Missouri, and I'm not sure you can talk a little bit about Pennsylvania particularly, in cases where guys have an order already, uh, you know, they had a, either a decree by trial or they settled, they've got a plan in place, a parenting plan with custody schedule. In Missouri, uh, in advance of the summer, you would have specific dates to claim two weeks here, two weeks there, you know, March 1, April 1, May 1. Uh, and the parents would kind of alternate uh, in choosing. Now, in Pennsylvania, it may be different, uh, but obviously we're blowing through some of these deadlines in Missouri. And so maybe you can talk to guys about, you know, what they should be doing right now uh, in advance of summer to ensure that not only let's talk about guys who have an order in place, what they should be doing, and guys that don't have an order in place, what they should be doing proactively, aside from court, which we'll talk about in a minute, to make sure that they're papering their case, they're, they're putting their best foot forward, they're you know, taking every reasonable step to try to achieve and get the custody that they're entitled to. So the, the first step in both cases, Scott, is the exact same. It's written communication in a civil and diplomatic manner with the other side. Here is what I'm looking for. Here's why I'm looking for it. And if there's any concerns that you have with that, please identify them to me so that I can address them appropriately. If the issue is that I work in an emergency room, here's the protocols that I'm doing. You know, every single day I get home from work and I change in the garage and I shower in the basement and, you know, I, all of the things that will keep my house as, as clean and disease-free as possible, my, you know, it, go into employer uh, type of precautions. You know, is, is my employer taking my temperature or testing me weekly or, you know, all of those protocols, you can't, you can't supply too much information to the other side in, in a time like this, yeah. okay? So the first step on, on both ends has to be the, the same. The, the second step kind of differs in, in terms of if you don't have an order and you're getting some positive feedback and some dialogue on it, start to reduce things in, in writing with the other side. Here's what we agree on, here's what we disagree on, you know, and, and pick one item and try to address it at the same time. I think the most important part in all of that is making sure that you have an attorney or that you have a pipeline to quickly get an attorney. If there is an agreement and you don't have an order, you want to be able to memorialize that before anybody changes their minds, before anybody gets some, some armchair legal advice from somebody else in their life or has some sort of buyer's remorse in all of it. If the, if the two of you in a, in a civil, reasonable conversation have come up with you know, terms that you believe fit at least for the interim, then everybody should be willing to sign a piece of paper that has that and, and be able to take it to a judge. Doubling back to that access to courts thing that we talked about before, unfortunately right now, because of the safety protocols in, in many of the courts, you have greater access to the courts if you have an attorney. So even if it's just something where you, know, you have a, a, an attorney sitting in the, on the back burner waiting for something like this, something like an agreement, you wanna have that as part of your foundation to move forward so that once that agreement is in place, you can get it memorialized before the court, even in the interim, as, as we wait for the courts to fully reopen. Okay. So typically, let me ask you real quickly as I'm thinking through summer, uh, in the plans and the judgments that come out in Pennsylvania particularly, and I'll talk about Missouri in a minute, uh, are there dates to pick summer or how is a summer schedule normally allocated in Pennsylvania? 
So typically in, in a standard Pennsylvania uh, partial custody order, you know, where the, maybe one parent has the primary uh, custody obligations during the school year, uh, the parent that has partial custody is going to get a greater portion of, of uh, parenting time in the summer times. Okay, especially if they're local, you know, within you know, an hour and a half, two hours of, of the primary residence. Usually we set deadlines for uh, supplying those dates. If they're allocated to a certain number of weeks during the summertime, then parties have until April 30th or you know, not usually later than May 31st to inform the other side of the dates in which they want to exercise custody. And if there's any conflict with uh, the custody time or vacation time of the primary custodian, uh, it'll be alternating uh, years of, of preference. You know, odd yeah. years mom gets preference, even years dad gets preference, you know, something like that. So you want to make sure that you're examining your orders, kind of doubling back to what do you do if you have an order? You want to be out ahead of that. If you miss a deadline, what are the what are the consequences for it? You know, do you forego that custody time or does the other side get the the primary preference for that year, even though it's supposed to be your preference here. So you wanna be meeting with your attorney well ahead of any of that to be able to communicate all of that, to get it in writing to the other side to make sure that it's, uh, that it's ironclad. Yeah, and that's similar to Missouri where you're, you, know, you have some dates in which to select periods. And I think for guys listening, the dates may have passed and it's easy to have, you know, we've gotten out of our normal comfort zone of operating as usual and you may be sitting thinking, oh my gosh, I have to pull up my, my judgment and take a peek. Did I miss a deadline? And if you did, take action now, send that letter, reach out and saying, look, I get it. I've missed it. But, you know, uh, it's because, you know, I'm overwhelmed like you are. Here's the dates and, and really do something now. Uh, more particularly, even if you've missed out on a holiday, maybe it was Easter and it was yours and you didn't think about it, you know, engage again, like we talked about with uh, making sure that you're communicating with your ex or your current spouse or whatever it may be. Uh, but I think that the, the result is the same in terms of making sure you comply as quickly as you can with the order and the spirit of the letter. I think in my position, I think in Missouri, and I'm, I'm sure Rick would agree that if you missed a date by a week or two and you reach out now, the judge is going to excuse that, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You have to look at what the what the reasonability of it is and what the prejudice is. If you missed it by a day or two, you know, and nobody's prejudiced by it, so be it. If you missed it by a week or two and somebody scheduled something in the meantime thinking that you weren't going to do it, then there might be a little bit of prejudice on it. So the quicker you act on it, the quicker you realize it, uh, you know, the better off it's going to be. But they're typically not hard and fast deadlines for everybody. Yeah. So to last two minutes that we have to kind of wrap up in terms of um, summer custody. We talked and alluded to, you know, courts and, and uh, motions is, you know, particularly if a guy has had zero custody and, and mom is being, you know, ignoring the requests, not being cooperative. Is there, is there something right now, um, other than obviously, you know, getting the advice of the attorney, is there something they can do right now in hopes that uh, the judge will set some sort of emergency hearing telephonically or, or virtually? Absolutely. What, what we're seeing now is when this first happened, when all the closures first happened, it, there was such a, a temporary nature to it because it was completely unprecedented that nobody really thought it would go much longer than a week or two. So what people may have seen as not being an emergency because 
you're going a week without seeing your kid or potentially two weeks without seeing your kid. Now we're seeing that dragging out into, we're, we're more than a month deep into our closures that we're looking at probably at least another month before things really start to, to begin to reopen. And they're looking at what maybe wasn't an emergency two weeks ago has developed into an emergency because we've given the opportunity to the other side to do the right thing and they've flatly refused on it. And if we have that track record, we have that uh, written uh, communication, all of the, the background to go into court, the court is going to see that a little better, in a little better light than they would have a couple of weeks ago as being an emergency or at least being something that needs to be fixed now that we're sort of backing away from the idea of requiring it to be full-blown emergent before the court's going to address it. We're expanding mm -hmm. upon that now. Yeah. Well, Rick, thank you. I know guys out there got a lot of information helpful for them as they try to navigate this uh, uncharted waters as it relates to them going through divorce and the divorce and after the divorce. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Scott. So if you have questions, you know, encourage you to reach out to an attorney, get a consultation, uh, talk more because that's really the key here and then take action, you know, avoid the mistakes, uh, which is inactivity. And when we're talking about enforcement of visitation rights, one of the things that we're rolling out now, and you can call for more details, is what we call a maxed a max attorney's fees cap. So one of the questions guys out there have is, well, how much is this going to cost me? And for years and years, attorneys haven't been able or unwilling to answer that. They just say, well, we'll bill you by the hour. At Cordell & Cordell, we're rolling out a new plan specifically related to this issue, which is enforcement of visitation rights, where we'll tell you exactly the most you'll ever spend. Uh, you may spend less, but you'll never spend more. And so call us for more details at 866-DADS-LAW or CordellCordell.com. Check us out also on social media, on Facebook, uh, Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce. Tune into the continuing daily podcast where we uh, talk and discuss about topics that affect guys before, during, and after divorce. And make sure to tune into our live national webinar next Thursday or on each Thursday, or you can check out previous broadcasts of our live national webinar where we take live chat questions from guys like you who have questions and we try to give you some tools and some tips and education related to your questions. So thank you for joining. Until next time.